Hey there, and welcome to the Open House Podcast, where women talk real estate. Did you know Christina and I co-founded our educational company and brokerage four years ago? Since then, our team has been helping people buy and sell homes creatively in Austin, Texas every day. If you're thinking about buying a house in 2024, now's the perfect time to chat with one of our realtors. Just visit openhouseaustin.com to get started. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Open House Podcast, where women talk real estate. I'm Steph Douglas. And I'm Christina Moderis. Hey, this is season six, episode one, Buying with Friends. Uh, and we're going to talk about what makes a great partnership. Season Welcome back. Six. Yes. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I can't believe we've done this for six seasons. <laughs> I know. I know. It's uh, We had like a nice little break with the podcast, but so excited to be chatting with you all again. Yes. Yeah. It's one of our I... favorite things to do. It's so... <laughs> Nice to just kind of like break things down, put it into terms that we want to hear it in and everyone else wants to hear it in too. So yeah, mm-hmm. back, happy to be back. Yeah, me too. We've been chilling, pickling. Yes. Somehow I'm seven months, pre- <laughs> over seven months pregnant at this point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is so wild. It's it's crazy. Well, this this is this like that might one of my favorite times of the year, just like the first couple months of like a new start. While someone pointed out recently that it was like all kind of random, like we just decided that January 1st was the time that we all start over, but it's just a nice reset. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. what what do I want this year to be? Um, and I think for a lot of people that does include uh, financial goals and like buying a house potentially is in that. And so we get a lot of like new interest during the the start of the year. So it's exciting. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, the, the beginning of this year has felt a little different to me because usually I'm like making goals, making plans. And um, I feel like I'm like, how do I make goals when in March my goals <sighs> will be – who knows how my life will change. But I do think that – I know at least with like our company, we do like a retreat in January, but also having a reset time like six months out from January – is also good to be like, okay, let's reset and like look at our goals. What should we change? Um, how should should we lower these goals? Should we like yeah. how can we get re-inspired instead of just doing it once a year? Because obviously you're just gonna do that maybe like January, February, March, maybe, and then you're gonna like backtrack a yes. little bit. Yeah, we learned that last year. Maybe maybe just like over the years, we've learned that we absolutely need to check in and then also, yeah, adjust if it's different because it's very demotivating to be like way, way far behind. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that are, especially in real estate market, like out of our control. And I'm sure that people like buyers and sellers have felt that too. Like there's things that maybe you wanted to buy a house last year and it just felt really Mm -hmm. out of reach. And so, and that's not your fault. That's no one's fault. It's macro influences. So we've, we felt that too. Yeah. And we're going to get into this in a little bit, but like you know, I've made goals where I achieved them not in a year, in four years, in, yeah. in two years. And, you know, so you can make, you can have like big concept ideas that you want to come to fruition that don't, they're not all going to happen in a year. Yeah. But as long as you're doing like little things here and there in a structured way to get to where you want to go, that's the best you can do. Absolutely. And we're we're so much about enjoying our lives here at open house that like <laughs> we want those goals to be in support of that 
Um, and I think that real estate has been a big part of that for us and specifically buying with friends, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we're actually trying something new this year. So um, we'll be rolling out like themes and um, how we're presenting information to you. So you might have seen on Instagram that we've been chatting about like buying with friends in January through February. So that is really the focus of these next couple months. Um and uh, yeah, we're really excited to share more about this topic because Steph and I, that's how we got started. That's yeah. the only way we could have gotten started. Yeah. Even when, you know, this was like years and years ago when like prices were way yeah. lower, interest rates were lower. We still, it wasn't possible for us to do, it wasn't possible for us to buy without um, partnerships. So, yeah. Which is why we love real estate because it is accessible in so many different creative ways. And like, that's not true for a lot of investment vehicles. So we feel like starting the year off with buying with friends, it really makes sense because it is how we got started and it's, it really opens up the possibilities. So, so yeah, I'm excited to like kind of give this to y'all in a more structured way. It's, I think it kind of starts with that mindset shift of, you know, I think when most of us think about buying a house, we think about buying with, a significant a romantic partner you know there's like this you saw your parents do it where they like bought the house had the kids and that feels like not right to a lot of us that feels like I don't want that yeah um so I do see a lot of people kind of like having some fear around buying a house not only because it's a huge financial decision but also because of that life step that it yeah. like might I don't know. It's like, oh no, then do I have to be married and yes. have kids? And ah, I don't want that. Freedom. There's, <laughs> yes. There's still so much of like, oh, I'm buying a house and I'm tying myself down and this is, I guess this is it. And it's just like, we've just not experienced that at all. Buying a house has opened up so many opportunities, specifically buying with friends. And I just feel like there before anything happens, the mindset shift has to happen. And so that's why we talk about it so much on this podcast, on our Instagram, with our team. Like, it's it's more of like we're here for inspiration and like to show you what's possible because we've had really cool experiences like buying with family members, sisters, friends, cousins. Like it's it's really cool what we've been able to do. Like, for example, buying, you know, a, a unique property somewhere else. It's like you never thought that you could do that. I never thought I could do that. And we've done it through the power of partnership. Yeah. And your mom just did that too, right? Like yes. she just bought with her significant other in Mexico, which I mean, yeah, with her significant other, but she's done it in so many different ways. Yeah. But yeah. And, and we'll talk about more examples, but like, it, I think just thinking about your first house does not have to be a house you live in. You can buy a house with a friend. Like I, my first house I bought with a friend in a different market. It was cheaper it was something it was more of like an experiment for us like yeah. do we want to do this do we not through that i learned what i actually like about real estate and what i don't like re about real estate so there's so many different ways to do to get into buying a house you can buy a second house as your first house like a vacation home like i've yeah. heard a lot of my friends say you know well i just want to buy a mountain house with like three of my friends are also interested in it i just you know over the holidays i got into those conversations with eric's family my my partner his family was like guys we should just get like a like a lake house over here and like if we all like there's 23 of his immediate family so he's like <laughs> they were like if we all get into it like we could get like you know a lake house we 
a lot uh some of his family li- also lives in Texas where we were like we can escape this Texas heat and come to Minnesota in the in the summer for a month or so and switch off so it's it's really exciting how many kind of creative things you can do with real estate yes it's so so exciting and i feel like with the current i the shift in in culture, like people are getting married later, people are having kids later, people might not be having kids. And so inherently, if you're sticking to that traditional, like get married, then ha- then buy a house, we're missing out on so many years of ownership. And if we can approach it in a more creative way like that, it is so smart. It's also a lot of people are focused on quality of life and you might have a really cool rental in a great location. Mm -hmm. We are not against renting. (laughs) Like if it's good for your quality of life, what we are against is delaying um, wealth building just because you're renting. So like, yeah, we have, we have people in, we have clients at open house who are like, I just want to stay downtown in my, in the condo that I rent, but I also know that I need to get into the market. So they're buying, even if it's a rental in like a suburb 20 minutes outside of downtown, you're still getting in the in the market. Time and market is so important. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I don't want to get too off topic, but I, I, I have <laughs> well, I keep listening. Maybe this is I don't know if this actually no, I'll bring this up another time. I was gonna talk about <laughs> Ramit Sethi's podcast. And I've been listening to some of his like the partnership podcasts. And oh, yeah. he's like such a hater of real estate. <laughs> I guess I can talk about that a little. Like some people are such haters of real estate. Because they say it's not an investment. And honestly, the way a lot of people do real estate isn't an investment. It's not. It it, it doesn't yeah. always mean it's an investment. The way we teach at Open House Austin is you need to buy with an investor mindset. And even if you're buying a house to live in, like just making sure that your mortgage payment is something you can afford. If you're going to buy um, a house just to live in and you're not doing like house hacking or anything to make income, like at least are you going to buy something that you can fix up and like add appreciation? But honestly, a lot of us, like a lot of what we teach is can you make your home, whatever is it, if it's something you live in or buy as a rental second home, it can you make this an investment? And right. it is not passive. Like, it is not a passive investment. No. <laughs> if anything, it teaches you a lot. It should make you money. And it is so you can be so creative with it. It can improve, it should improve your quality of life in some way. Yes. Yes. I I think all of those things are are really core values to us at Open House, our team, our whole team and our whole community. So yeah. I think that is very worth bringing up and very relevant. Like this mm-hmm. is this is something that um, should add to your life, add financial gain and quality of life. And that's why we're here. So, and that's how we stick, like, that's how we are, uh, set apart from other realtors, because I do think, uh, most people are not teaching in this way. And I, Steph and I listen, we like this guy. Yes, he's a guy. <sighs> there needs to be <laughs> more women in this, uh, as well, but like his name's, uh, Ramit Sethi and he, does teach a lot about money, but he has been such a hater of real estate. And I do think some of what he says kind of seems like maybe a little clickbaity, like all real estate's bad. Like, but um, I get what he's saying. It's it's not if you're not thinking about it in invest with an investor mindset, and if you think it's going to be passive, that's not that's not how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, as as a real estate 
hater, I, you'd think that I wouldn't agree with him on, on much, but I just, I do, like, I do understand what he's saying. Like he's, he, it's not, it's not convenient. If your main value is convenience, then buying a house probably isn't for you. And like, you should be building a business like he did, you know, like he, it's easy for him to say, I don't want to build wealth with real estate because he's built a business that's bringing him massive wealth. So I don't know. I, I just feel like it's, it depends on, on what direction you want to go, but there's something like 90% of millionaires own real estate. It's like, it's, it's, it's not a secret that real estate is a great way to build wealth and to have unique experiences like a beach house, a ranch, a Mexico condo with a key. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to like, so I guess why would people partner to buy real yeah. estate? I, we've kind of talked about that, but like, I guess you're really tapped in since you're managing the agent team of like, what's kind of going on in the Austin market? Yeah. So the Austin market is, is unique. And I think people who live here are pretty aware of that. Um, during the two, I'm going to go back like really, really briefly, but during the, <laughs> during the 2008 crash, Austin was not really affected. Like we just had kind of a flat line. We didn't dip, which is really interesting. It just shows that Austin is really strong. Um, and during the pandemic, we had the highest jump 2021, 2022 of any, I know that the real estate market across the board went crazy, but in Austin, it, we jumped like 20, 30% per year. And that is unprecedented and unsustainable is what we've, we've realized. So once the interest rate started to go up, people stopped buying and the prices started to decline, which is kind of where we are right now. Like prices are going down. Interest rates are also about to start going down. And so we're in this like sweet spot of prices are lower than they have been in three years. Interest rates are around 6% and and going down. And so over the past year, it's been really challenging. And like potentially it might still be a little bit challenging with the monthly payment, um, uh, which is why we teach these creative strategies. Like no matter what market we're in, it doesn't matter if the interest rates are at two and a half or six, it still feels a little overwhelming for a lot of people to buy. And so that's why partnership is such a good resource in any market. But we are in a, like a, a pretty interesting time in Austin where we're seeing we're we're seeing really accessible price points and then we're about to see really accessible interest rates. Right. And I think one thing that makes Austin um so unique is people want to be here yeah. and that's not changing. Like I think we've seen a little decline in like how many people were entering Austin and yeah. moving here. Um but I that people want to be here. I sent Steph over. I think I was in Minnesota in um, <sighs> December, and there, Eric, uh, my partner, took like was driving me around like all these cool, like really nice neighborhoods, and we found we found this like amazing Victorian home. It was like five thousand square feet. It had like ten bedrooms. It was beautifully decorated, like so nice. And it was $1.5 million. It had like land and like it was like close to downtown and it was in a cute area. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> like it's not a, not a lot of money. Like that's that's a lot of money. Yeah. But like for what you can get yeah. with that money, like in Austin, that would have been like $10 million. No. Oh, yes. Like at least like – and, and I think it just goes to show that like – I mean – 
in Austin, you know, a lot of people want to live there. Not as many people want to live <laughs> in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, no yes. hate on it. Just it's it's not as popular. <laughs> right. Austin has a lot of industry. We have multiple universities. We have not not just industry, but like growing. Um, people are moving their businesses here actively. Um, and so I feel like it's a really, really safe bet. And we, you know, we talk about this all the time. Like we, we hear people who have lived here for 10 years who still haven't bought. We're like, no, like we get so stressed because Mm -hmm. the the amount of equity that they've lost out on from not buying sooner. Um, so I just, it's, it's just such a, like you said, like not everywhere is a really, really safe bet that, that the real estate's going to increase. And, and we have gambled with that a little, right? Like when we first started, we definitely were like, let's go into these more affordable areas and see if we would want to like, you know, look into buying there. Should we move there? Should we whatever? And like, I remember um, like we bought in San Antonio when Steph and I kind of first met each other, we bought um, a property in San Antonio together. I had bought a property before there in San Antonio. And yes, it was very cheap. It was under 200, under $150,000. But it did not bring us joy. Um, (laughs) It was stressful. It was honestly like the kind of real estate investing that I think me and Steph enjoy the most. And what we want to attract here is like people who want to go into a neighborhood, make it better, really like feel a part of the neighborhood, right? Like, and and also you want to make money. And I think sometimes we'll have people like, I want to buy, you know, this cheap, like I want to buy under $150,000 and, 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 and like you don't know what all that comes with. That yeah. doesn't that, – that's still not passive. So if you're not enjoying that area and you don't want to go there um, often, then I would not do it. It's just yeah. – it's – I mean honestly, throw that money somewhere else then. Like <laughs> right. it's it's not – Which is Which is why buying with friends is such an attractive – strategy i guess you could say the because you can open up so many more possibilities like you can see mm-hmm. see that house that's 600,000 maybe that doesn't feel accessible to you but maybe it has two unit you know a back unit and you and your friend could both buy it and live there or maybe you want to be roommates like there's mm-hmm. just so many cool opportunities and cool options for buying with friends or buying with partners that open up quality of life that Otherwise, like if you're just doing it on your own, you're like, I have to buy in a $150,000 location, which is not true for a partnership. Right, exactly. And that encourages more of a buy and hold mentality. Because if you like, do we own those properties anymore? No, the, no. the ones in different locations. No, yeah. we don't. But the ones that I owned were a little bit more expensive in a location I love. Going back there, I feel connected to it. And um, I've used it in multiple different ways. Um, you know, I've, we've split lots, we've, you know, like fixed things up and, and it's like a project that you can keep, um, improving and it's, that's exciting. That's, that is exciting. And you learn so much and a buy and hold mentality. Like when we say that, um, that is more of an investment when you're buying a property to hold, even if you don't live there forever, um, that is more of an investor mindset than when people say, oh, I want to flip homes. Like right. I think maybe they don't understand what that means because that is a business. When you buy a home to fix up and then sell, that is not an investment. 
Yeah. It is a business. It's a job. Yeah. It's like you're creating mm-hmm. yourself a job, which mm-hmm. is fine too. But we are all about like the long-term gains. And and when we talk about an investor mindset, it's like, yes, you're making money on it right away or you're lowering your your payment so that your quality of life is still good. But you're also getting that power of a long-term hold and long-term return on investment, which is is really amazing like what what that can mean for your life um mm-hmm. so so we we love that the excitement of that it's really hard to think that far in, in the future but when you <laughs> think about like okay when we're 50 we're both in our low 30s <laughs> i'm about to turn 35 <laughs> um but w- when we're 50 we'll have all of this equity and that's really amazing like we've set ourselves up and our generation has a hard time with that so we're trying to teach people that mindset Yeah. And so when you're going into a partnership, I think a lot of people are scared to get into business with their friends, like invest with their friends. They're like, I don't want to ruin this relationship. Um, And there's definitely – we have actually a mini course on this of like – like buying with friends. So I would – if you're interested – in doing this with any friend, you guys should take it together. Um, I mean, separately if you want, but like send it to them, take it. But there is like a, what do we call this? I guess like a, it's a preferred partnership. Like we used to call it a triangle. It's not, it's <laughs> yeah. a rectangle. It's a rectangle now or a square, you could say. <laughs> or a square. It's a squ- it is a square actually. Yeah. There's uh, four, <laughs> it's just because ba- buying power is too long. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but we, we have, there's four things you need in a partnership. And honestly, like there's four things you need to buy a house essentially. And so mm-hmm. that, that could be one person, right? But not everyone has all four. And the four things are time. You know, we, t- we say that it's not passive. Talent, meaning maybe you have some experience doing this before. Cash <laughs> for a down payment mm-hmm. um, and potentially for fixing up the house. And buying power, meaning you're able or your ability to um, borrow money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to – we have like a little link to this visual. We'll put it in our show notes. But yeah, I think they're – like most – you know, Steph and I have bought most of our properties – with partners because at the time, you know, we didn't have a W-2 job and we, but we had a lot of time in cash or, you know, recently we have less time or we have less time that we, even if we have more time, we have less time that we want to like be building fences. <laughs> yeah, that's a great example. <laughs> um, so being more of like a silent investor recently seems more appealing yep. to us. We have, we'll have the cash, we have the buying power, we have the talent, but you know, we will be like, okay, realistically right now, what do I, where do I want to spend my time and cash? And if, if a good deal comes our way, we might have cash, but we're saying, we'll be silent investors. Here's this cash. I'll spend about two hours a month like advising and that's it. But in the beginning, like for something, um, for some of our listeners, I think actually for a lot of you, I think if you, the idea of a second home is inspiring, like you and your family have been going somewhere for years and years or whatever. And like you want to carry on those memories and create your own with friends, like figure out if anyone else ha- like is interested in this, like I know you've done that with your ranch um, house where you had four people uh, involved, five in this. partners, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really about like doing asking some hard questions, setting up. Actually, we'll talk about that operating agreements. And there there are ups and downs. Like I I've definitely gotten into a partnership with a friend who you know in the end I you know I was new at this and I maybe should have 
I was like kind of excited about this sparkly new thing. Like I should have maybe listened to my gut a little bit more and said, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this or whatever. But if you have an operating agreement, if you all kind of like <laughs> mentally sane people, <laughs> it, it, in the end, even if it doesn't work out, you're you're yeah. safe. Yeah, the, that's the that's the biggest thing is is drawing out everything, thinking of things that could happen beforehand, like a prenup. Like everyone knows the the premise of a prenup. It's like, what if we break up? What if someone dies? What if, you know, all of these things could happen and we need to have a, a roadmap in place so that we can deal with it when it arises? Because having unrealistic ex- expectations of everybody just like getting along forever is not wise and that's what people are scared of and that really stops people from exploring this op- opportunity we are big on, not big we are big on tiktok that's funny um we <laughs> we like to post on TikTok. not recently yeah. i need to get back on there so, quarter one um we well we post a lot about buying with friends because it's what we believe in and so many people are like don't ever do this don't ever buy with friends don't ever do business with friends and it just mm-hmm. – you can see their mindset is so stilted. And so we have to talk about like the downsides that could occur. Otherwise, yeah, it is not smart to just go into it with rosy eyes. No. Yeah, exactly. And and it is interesting that so many people say, don't yeah. do this. I would never do this. And then you know, I always say, well, well, why would you do this with a romantic partner? It's kind of – I mean, yeah, like honestly – I think I can be more civil sometimes with a friend oh, yeah. than with a romantic partner. Yes. And I definitely, me and you bought a house together before we bought with a romantic yes. partner. I, I feel like you, I mean, obviously, ideally you're with your romantic partner forever, but like a lot of friendships last a lot longer than romantic partnerships. And so yes. I just I just feel like writing off a friendship as a potential investment partner is not wise. Like, let's look into it. Let's see what could happen. Let's explore it. Yeah, that's, uh, it's. It's true. And it, it kind of like diminishes friendships. I'm like, why are you just saying that these are such weaker ties that you are going to break them so easily? Like, I think, you know, I know like our friendship has been so much stronger because we have gone through like hard conversations. We've like been upset with each other and had to like resolve yeah. it. And it's not easy and that it doesn't feel good all the time, but it like is so helpful. Like it's so helpful to strengthen your relationships, to have these hard conversations and sometimes to test your relationship. <laughs> totally. Like, you know? <laughs> and to make yourself a better partner in in every way. Like you're yeah. – a lot of people avoid conflict. You cannot avoid conflict in this situation. It just like – it's such a developing process, like developing mm-hmm. – like it's just a, developed us in lots of different ways. We've talked about your character, yeah, your, character your confidence, like all of these things that improve with – with this process because you have to get so deep. And those dreams that you have that you're like, I right, one day I want to own a you know, house on Lake Travis and I think it'd be so fun. Instead of doing that in 15 years, you could do that in like 3 to 5 yeah. years if you <laughs> even less maybe. Who knows? I don't know your yeah. friends maybe they Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know your I situation. Know. <laughs> I also think that like people think about owning a house on Lake Travis or owning a beach house. And they were like, oh, I would love to do that. And then they never do it like so often. It's just not not even in 15 years. It's just like this is just never going to happen. And they in the back of their mind know that it's never going to happen. And so mm-hmm. we're about action. We're about like figuring stuff out. And so we're providing this like kind of framework and like learning by my, by our mistakes and like figuring this stuff out to, to 
really make your this is going to be so cheesy, but make your dreams come true. I mean, like, do yeah, what do you no, actually want? True. And that's what it's true. You know, it's that's a kind of what we've been all about. Yeah, we'll be those friends where if we hear anyone being like, "Yeah, one day it would be nice." I've talked to some of my friends about it, but yeah, we're we're really and I'm like, okay, what's your next move? Like, <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this, you know, we'll I'm gonna try we'll try to be your accountability partners in any way that we can. We def we also have a you know, um, a monthly women's meetup just to like encourage these kind of friendships and hopefully push you all a little bit into like doing things that you say you want to do, but actually doing them. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so exciting. Um, okay. So what you, what do you want to talk about your beach house? Because it's very inspirational. I was, I went there for the first time this past year. It was so amazing. Yeah. it And this is definitely um, a story where, you know, so step my my sister is also named Steph, which is confusing sometimes. Steph with an F. Um, but we had grown up going to this area in Florida. Um, it feels like our parents got divorced and like we don't go back to our home um in Atlanta. We don't go back to Atlanta a lot. And so like where we feel like home is is um this like little area in Florida called Seaside. It's like near Seaside 30A, whatever. Um and, you know, we started talking about this, I think when we were in our early 20s and we were like, one day we'll buy there and it'll be really great. And honestly, we started looking and like actually making decisions every year. Like it took us four years to get there, but it wasn't like it wasn't like one day we were like, let's do it. It was we were looking online and then, you know, we <laughs> We got discouraged because we were like, these prices are insane. Um, but, you know, my my sister, she got like a her first like big girl um, job where she had a high salary, W-2 income. I was in real estate. Like after, you know, a few years of being in real estate, I had also looked at that area. We both were like looking at the area a lot, still going there and visiting for fun doing a lot of research and um, made it happen after four years. And, you know, we both had a lot of these qualities of a preferred partner. So we had shared values, shared dream of buying this house. Um, we both wanted it. You could tell, like, we both were like very into this idea. You could not one of us was like, eh, I don't know. Like when you hear that hesitation, um, it's, it's maybe a little red flag. Um, and we we knew it would probably be more difficult um, buying a house and managing a project from different states. So we both went into that knowing that this wouldn't be just like easy. Uh, so her project management skills, my experience with finding and vetting contractors really came in handy. She applied for the loan. I supplied all of our upfront costs and I plan to manage the Airbnb setup and the messages. I found us the cleaner. This was all from different states. She lived in LA. I lived in Austin. <laughs> and this was in Florida. So, and we did this all during the pandemic. Um, so we found <laughs> we found this home um that had been overlooked for so long, and it was like in our budget. Uh <laughs> and she like did all the design of the house and everything. So it, we we really worked together and our skills were really complementary. And, you know, we're not 
we're not we're sisters who like we didn't always get along you know we're not like we've always been <laughs> best friends forever and like nothing you know we have fought yeah <laughs> and um you know over the years our relationship has gotten way better and i would say this house specifically it's this is not always the case but this house specifically has gotten us to be way closer yeah um and that could have been a risk in many people's eyes. Like, I don't know about this. But um, so, yeah, like it, it wasn't without its challenges. Um, but it is so freaking yes. nice to have a space that we can go to, spend time together with friends. Like every time my sister visits, I get a text from her saying how lucky we are to have this Aww. house. Like she just feels and it makes us money. Like we rent it out on Airbnb when we're not there. We spend around one to two months there a year I'm hoping in the future even more there's more opportunity for us to grow like we bought a complete fixer upper um which you don't have to do we just right that's a good point <laughs> that was our only option really like we that area is very expensive and I think we bought it for under 500 which wild we got yeah while yeah but like those opportunities come up and th that house was not our first choice we overlooked that house for <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> we were like ah, there's gotta be something better than this <laughs> and honestly in the end i'm so glad that we didn't overlook it because it's it has a lot of land backs a state park um it's close to the beach like seven minute walk and um yeah so uh i i would say that like there are some <laughs> The ups and downs yeah. of this. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't even say like partnering with my sister. There were honestly, there's been no downs. I, I know that sounds like too good to be true, but like I have not, like the, I would say maybe like she, I don't know, like we have a little different views of money. Like she, she's very, <laughs> but I was able to like hone that in a little. I think she she gets yeah. it. She's about to do her own embark on her own project where she's going to spend her own money and no one is telling her what to do. So we'll see how that goes <laughs> for her and maybe maybe she'll learn from that, but like it, you know, we were working really well together. Downside is you know, we just we own a property that's in a different state and sometimes things get overlooked because we're not there and um, we had a leak that was there for a few months. We had no idea. But, you know, now we have a great cleaner and a team that we've collected over the past few years that if there's an emergency, like I had our AC breakdown this summer and got it fixed within a day. So it's like so possible, so possible from out of state because it's not like your AC breaks in your town and you're going to go over and fix it. You're going to send someone. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, I think that's so true. And while you were talking about that, I realized that both you and your sister are like, doer like you're doers you're not and and that mm -hmm. doesn't that doesn't you can become a doer <laughs> like it's not it's not inherent like you can be like someone who wants to do cool things and so you've you both identified that in each other and you're like actually we could do really cool things together like you neither of you could have mm -hmm. done this on your own which mm -hmm. is no. so exciting so i i just i just feel like the the mindset it, go, it always comes back to mindset like you both realized that this was possible you brought certain skills she brought certain skills cash buying power talent like it's it all kind of lined up and it could be two people it could be four people five people you know the more people that you have obviously like the more opinions and the more um, people that need to like okay things and so it could get a little bit more challenging but um but just like the sky's the limit on what is 
possible. And it's not like you had to spend your whole entire life savings on it. Like you're, this is a part of your investment portfolio and it enhances your life so much. That's true. And what you just said made me think of something I haven't thought about before is, do you think that both like in a partnership, all parties have to have that go-getter excitement to them? Like if you're going, I guess it depends maybe, but like, I feel like the only time something, if there's two people and they're both 50-50, the only time that hasn't worked out or like even if there's three people, it's like one person's a little hesitant about it and not hesitant with like, guys, we need to focus on our finances, like not that kind of hesitancy, but like hesitancy in the idea of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I think yeah. you're right. I think that it, there needs to be a sureness and a a gung ness that like really happens in both parties or all three parties or whatever. And like we've had it where it's been three people and the third person is not as sure and they end up being like, actually, I don't think I want to do this, you know, and that is okay. And that's a red flag, not in like a bad person kind of way. It's just like, oh, this is just not the right project. And so I think that if if you had someone in your sister who was just like, I don't know, I don't know, and you were kind of dragging her along, that's not as comfortable. Whereas she was like very excited about this, as as excited as you were, and she remained so. And so it's way easier to be like, no, this is all worth it. Like the HVAC broke, but like it's okay because this is so worth it. Yeah, yeah. And we have like – it's not a naivety. It's, it's a excitement and an understanding that – Yes, things will go wrong, but we have this um, idea in our head that like we have the end goal. We both have the same end goal yeah. in mind. And when challenges come up, um, we deal with it and we have backup plans. We have good communication, but we're very excited about yeah. this. So find someone else who's very excited like you and ready to like face challenges and have fun and make yeah. some money. Yeah, because it's really it's really <laughs> easy to be like, oh, we had a leak and I hate this and I don't want to do this anymore and let's let's sell for a loss. You know, <laughs> like that is not out of the realm of possibility, but it's not ideal because you have us and we're we're going to tell you how to find a good partner and we have the buying with friends mini course. It is so helpful. And, and if you're, it helps you to like get on the same page and it also might help you to be like, no, this is not the right person for me. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Okay. So I feel like that kind of wraps this up for us. If you want to make this idea actionable, You need to ask yourself, what do I bring to the table and which of the preferred partnership qualities do I possess? And then write those down, write them down. And we're going to follow up with this idea next week. So, you know, next week we're going to share how to legally protect yourself in a partnership and how to suss out red flags in people that would not be a good match. Yeah. And then, and then really like down and dirty, like ownership structure stuff, which we get a lot of questions about. We'll talk about that next week because it seems like, oh, it has to be 50-50 or equal partnerships and it just doesn't. So that's exciting to talk through. Um, But yeah, I think that this piece, the mindset piece is like a huge part of it and it was really fun to talk about it. Yeah. I I love being back here. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I'll see you next week. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone.